I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What beautiful adverts they were. Just amazing. Guys, I'm alone. I'm alone this week. I'm going to solo this one. It's going to be a car crash, but it's going to be the best kind of car crash. One of those ones where it involves someone you just don't like. My name is Liam, and this is the Lower League Looks League 2 podcast. Let's have a little bit of fun. You know, I wouldn't usually be doing this on my own, but it is what it is, hopefully. That's going to change in the coming weeks. I'm going to do a little bit of a run through of League Two, what's been going on over the last weekend, which, you know, as a Bradford fan, I'm sure you can appreciate. I'm very, very happy right now. Um, not going to deep dive into every game, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and touch on a little bit of everything. So I feel like we should really jump straight in. And uh, where to go? Where should we go first? Let's have a look at the game. So we just start from the top and work our way down, which was AFC Wimbledon versus Barrow. Now, the game finished 2-0 to AFC Wimbledon. I thought it'd be a hell of a lot closer, if I'm honest with you. Watching back Pete Wilde's interview after the game, he explained that from his perspective, Wimbledon played the way Barrow normally play. So Wimbledon, Pete Wilde, and Pete Wilde. They were clinical in the first sort of 25, 26 minutes and 2-0 up. And then just sat back. I don't really feel like Barrow offered too much going forward. Um, from speaking to Barrow fans, things like that, I don't feel like they really ever felt like they were going to get anything out of this game. And the, the longer it went on, it became quite obvious. Um, but, you know, they've had a phenomenal season. Sometimes things like this happen. What we will say is that Omar, Bu- I don't know how to say, is it Bugiel? Is it Bugle? Is it Bugiel? I don't really know how to say it. but. Um, since Omar Bugiel returned to the squad, um, he's scored two in three, which makes me think that he's been listening to the 6-0-6 where I've been saying that he needs to be a scoring forward. That's what forwards are there to do. And, you know, he hasn't done that enough this season. I get that Wimbledon fans think that he's a phenomenal player, but you, you ultimately 
you brought in as a forward, you're there to score goals. They lost Al Hamadi. They need someone to step up, and it looks like he is doing it. You know, two in three is a very, very good return. Bear in mind, in one of the games, he only played half. Um, and on Saturday, he only played the first hour. Um, and yeah, 2-0. Two, two it's a very, very good result for Wimbledon. As far as the league and things like that are concerned, Wimbledon are one of those teams where you just don't know if they can do it. And, and like they're knocking on the door, they're just outside the playoffs. Like, are they gonna make it in? They've put a decent little run together, two wins and a draw in the last three, but they are very, very hit and miss. So, yeah, it's 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 really, really difficult to to sort of pinpoint. Yeah, you know, one of those wins came against second place Mansfield, um, and the other one against Barrow, who are, are sat up in fourth. So they are very, very, very good results, but. I just don't know whether whether they can they can go all the way. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. Looking at the game itself, so from a Barrow perspective, Pete Wilde tried to make changes, which is I think what you like as as a fan to see. You want to see a manager at least trying to change things up to go for it. Unfortunately, you know, he took Ben Whitfield off. He brought on Proctor, and Proctor ended up getting sent off in the the eighty seventh minute. From what I'm told, is either a stamp or a, a lash out which is, you know, a little bit of a weird one because you can't really mix those two up. You know, it's a stamp or a lash out. Um, but either way, it's a straight red card, which means he'll be out for the next it's violent conduct, isn't it? So two to three games. Um, I think it's just nailed on three when it's violent conduct. Barrow fans aren't very happy with Proctor. They don't feel like he's delivered so far for them. So, you know, what, what does that mean? Especially when they've loaned out Jed Garner to... Markham, and we're going to come on to Markham very soon. Um, but Jed Garner's in phenomenal form, so yeah, it's, I suppose it's quite difficult to see a, a player maybe not delivering, and you've got one that belongs to you playing elsewhere. Um, yeah, we've seen that a few times this season from different clubs, but it's moved Wimbledon up to eighth place, just outside the playoffs. So let's let's see what the next couple of weeks bring for uh, for Wimbledon. I'm going to move down to Doncaster um, because Doncaster are, again, a very strange team in that they either show up and when they show up, they play great or they just don't show up at all. Going into this, I think anybody with any sense would have backed Tranmere to come away with a win here, but it finished 2-1 to Doncaster. Um, and by the sounds of things, it's probably one of the best performances that they've had especially in the last sort of three to four months before things really, really started to go poorly. Um, even Oluwu, who has, has been subject to a hell of a lot of abuse from from Donny fans, played the first half, was subbed off at halftime with an injury, but apparently put in a, quite a shift. And I think we were talking last night and then we were asking about whether Tuesday night they're going to Salford. Um, would they make a change? Would they Would they change anything? And, Someone actually said if Olawu is fit, he should play based on that first 45 minutes and the performance he put in his his place. So it all depends on how fit he is. Was he taken off because it was a a serious injury or um, um, did they feel it was a more serious injury? I don't feel like he would have been taken off for a precaution. Uh, They were 1-0 up at half time. If he's playing as well as people say he was, you don't take someone like that off as a precaution because especially as a Doncaster team that's you know prone to leaking goals um so yeah no it was a 
it's, it was a big substitution if it was just a precaution. So we'll find out, I suppose, tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, or even yesterday, if you've waited till Wednesday, um, whether Olawu plays for Donny against Salford. Tranmere did pull one back. Um, they've been on a phenomenal run. Someone actually mentioned last night that uh, Grant McCann played under Nigel Adkins, and they feel like that could have been the key here because he knows how Adkins works. He knows how Adkins thinks, and he knows how he likes to set up. He knows how he would have been working in training. It's a very, very good way of looking at things. Uh, maybe it did work. Um, but Donny did end up winning it in the end. 2-1. Adelaken, Adelaken, I think his name is, um, for Donny. They've created a little champ for him. It doesn't go. Um, it's, it's the whole, hey, baby, I want to know. And then it just goes... Adelukan, which it's a five-syllable line with a four-syllable word. You can't just drag it out to make it fit. Get better, Donny fans. Get better at that, because that's an appalling chant. Um, apparently, they used to do it for Devante Cole as well, who was shite for us when we played, when he played for us. Um, so he never got a chant. But yeah, look... It's done well for Donny. It's put a 10-point gap between them and the bottom two. Donny fans seem quite content with that now, but it shouldn't. it's papering over cracks. It is papering over cracks there, as far as I'm concerned. Like, the problems are still there. You can't you can't go, oh, now we're 10 points clear. Everything's absolutely fine. No, because the, the, the person in charge still led you to that, that brink. You were still very, very close, and you could still slip back into it. Let's be, be honest. Things can change. Um, it'd be a big, big call for... Sutton or Forest Green to pull back a ten point gap, but yeah, I uh, I still think that you should be very unhappy. Crew also beat Crawley one nil. Not actually looked too much into this game, if I'm honest with you, but I think that's a result that most people would have predicted. Crew were this season just a team that no one really wants to play. Just move them up into the automatics. They're sat in third place, 54 points, three points behind Mansfield, sat in second. Mansfield do have a game in hand, as does Stockport at the top. But, yeah, I, I'll be open and honest. I, I thought Crew would struggle this season. I really did. So this has been a, a great season for them. Um, and, again, a, a great season for Crawley, considering what a lot of people predicted from them. I think we all believed that Crawley would be would be down there. So, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah, one nil to uh, to crew wrapped it up. You saw Crawley try and make a, a triple substitution to change it, but too late. Fifteen minutes left of the game, it, they waited too long after the goal or the goals to make any sort of changes to try and change anything up. So yeah, crew move up into the uh, the, the top three, and Crawley dropped to fifteenth, just below Bradford. Now, I've been asked to give props to Mansfield by a few people. <laughs> and I just can't do it. Yeah, Mansfield won 4-0 against Forest Green. To be fair, I'm pretty confident that if I played Forest Green, I'd, I'd, I'd get a brace solo. I do, I do feel like that. That would be a thing. But Tom Nichols scored his first goal for the club, which is a, a great, a great moment for him. Obviously, he moved on from Crawley last year to Gillingham and then moved on to uh, Mansfield to 
yeah, trying to strengthen them up. They needed someone going forward who could score goals, and he's he's come in and he's scored a goal. What I will say is that um, I know Mansfield fans are talking about uh, Aidan Flint. I'm talking about him being the uh, the best central defender in the league. I, I disagree. I still think it's Niall Canavan at Barrow, but he's apparently injured and played through an injury for this game, which is exactly what you need. That is what you need when you're in a position like Mansfield. When you've got that small squad, you need players that are willing to play through those injuries. Um, they are an injury-prone team. They, they've They've got a very wide range of injury-prone injury players, but to see him pushing through, yeah, I, I quite like that. So that's moved Mansfield. Obviously, they're set up in second place. They do have a game in hand on the teams below them, but they are level on games with Stockport. Um, any Mansfield fans that are watching this, I would love to hear your feedback on, well, my view, really, which is that if you don't finish automatics now, given the position you were in before Christmas, which was four points behind Stockport, with two games in hand. If you don't finish in the top three, is that a failure at this point? If it's a playoff finish, is is that a failure? Um, because I, I don't think you should be having to go through the playoffs. You shouldn't be sat second right now. You should be sat top. There's only Mansfield that would do a Mansfield and go from being four points behind top of the league with two games in hand to level on games and six points behind. There's only Mansfield that would do that. So, and bear in mind, I think you've, you've, you have you've beat Stockport also over that period. So imagine if you'd lost that one, you'd be a way off. It can still go horribly wrong for Mansfield and given the last few years, you kind of have to expect it to. So, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. I, I, there's a few Mansfield fans I like, there's a few that I don't. Those ones, I hope they it does go wrong for. But you know, for the rest of them, I I just hope that am I am I lying really? I, hmm. No, no, I I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see them finally get out of this league so they can shut up. Um, let's see where they end up. Let's see how how they fare in the league above because they're not they've not had a chance to see. It. I think it was a two thousand and two. I believe they went up to League One and were the whipping boys instantly relegated. And I think before that was like the early 90s when they again went up for a season and were the whipping boys. So, yeah, let's let's see how let's see how Mansfield do. Let's send them up. Going to the other end of the table. Well, I say going to the other end of the table. It's kind of covering both ends of the table because Stockport did travel to Grimsby over the weekend, which didn't go how... Grimsby hoped, and there's there's a slight change in what's the word attitude towards David Artell at the minute. Not many people too happy with what's going on, but I feel like you may be expecting a little bit too much out of out of him. I feel like the problems that were at your club look. There's a reason your manager was was sacked before David Artell because there were problems, and it's going to take a while to sort those issues out. I do think that given this, the rest of this season to sort... Obviously, I get if you drop into the, that danger zone, like really into it, then you kind of have to make a move, and I appreciate that. But if it gets to the end of the season, you're okay, and you give him the summer, he'll know which of your players from this season are capable of playing his style. He'll bring in his own style of player over the summer, and... 
fingers crossed that you can push on for next year. But, you know, I, I agree at this point, you are in a very precarious position where it's not looking great. I think the the thing that's that's pissed people off the most about the weekend is that Stockport went 3-0 up inside half an hour. Um, Sasevich, I can't pronounce some of these names. Sasevich, Olafe and Cass. Those are the three players that scored for Stockport. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm fed up of kind of looking now at Stockport. Just let them go. Just, can we just put a vote out and send them into to League One now? Because if they were going to fuck up, it would have happened by now. It would have happened when Wrexham had those game in hands, when Mansfield had those games in hand. No one's touched them since. And, and Stockport went through a, a bad run. Over the, the, the Well, I don't want to say a bad run, but they, they, they had a dip informed they were there for the taking and the two teams closest to them at that point with the games in hand failed to capitalize so fair play stop pot still sat pretty top of the league game in hand with a hell of a on a hell of a lot of teams below them four points clear at the top they are eight points clear in automatics so it would take something horrific i believe at this stage to to really mess it up for them You'll be expecting to see Stockport in League One next season. Another team that I didn't expect to be up there, and it really is quite baffling that they are up there to me. And that doesn't, I don't, does that is that disrespectful? I don't believe that's disrespectful. But mind you, no, there's, there's, no one gives a shit because none of them really pay any attention. But it's Harrogate. Harrogate at home beating Colchester one nil, but. We, rather than focusing on the game itself, it's, it's pushed Harrogate up into seventh place, which when you look at Harrogate, they always have a very, very good run in the season. And that's generally what saves them from going down. They have a patch of two, three months where they string together some very, very good results. And then when it comes to the end of the season, they'll be in horrific form, but they'll stay up because of those points gained over that, gained over that period. They've not come out of that period yet. They've not hit that rough form that they always seem to do. Um, I never expected them to be anywhere near. I, I think I had them as one of my favourites to be relegated. So I just don't know what's going on. I mean, I know they've got one of the best defenders in the league uh, or one of the best fullbacks in the league in uh, in Matty Folds over there. But this is a big setback for the Cowleys. And, you know, I, I've said... One loss in five, it's not a huge, huge dent, but it is, it's a problem because the Cowleys came into Colchester. The job is simple, it's keep them up. But as I've said many times, this to me is a make or break position for them because every single time over the last, well, let's say over this season, every time a manager's job has come up in League Two, Cowleys have been top of the odds because they have quite high stock with what they did at Lincoln. But then since then, things didn't go great at Huddersfield. Things ended up going wrong at Portsmouth. And again, I'm not blaming the Cowleys for them because there are mitigating circumstances regarding both of those. But if it doesn't go right at Colchester, that's going to be three clubs that it's not gone right at. And the average football fan isn't going to care about the, the, the circumstances surrounding it. It's going to be quite simple. When you're looking for a manager, you look for success and failure. And regardless of the reasons, it is quite black and white. 
Lincoln was a success, Huddersfield and Portsmouth were failures. This is huge. This job is huge for the Cowleys. And I think they'll get it right. I really do. Um, I hope that Colchester aren't too far gone or haven't had too much rot set in that they can't get it repaired by the end of the season to keep themselves up. But it's a massive setback for them because, like I said, they've, they've been in decent form since the Cowleys came in. Um, one of the one of the more informed teams in the league. It's a shame, but like I say, let's let's see what the uh, let's see what the coming weeks bring. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next up is MK Dons and Accrington, and you know, we don't really have fans of either that listen to us. Um, weirdly, we have actually we have I think we have more MK Dons fans who listen to us than than Accrington, which. You wouldn't expect, if I'm honest, but I just don't understand why Jack Payne is playing football at this level. I, I just, I don't get it. We're playing them tomorrow night. I'm dreading coming up against Jack Payne because he just, I know what he does and he loves a goal against us or he loves winning a penalty against us. And he's in that form. He's Saturday, he scored. A phenomenal free kick. It's, it's one of the. If you had to rate the free kicks of the season, it's up there. Not just in League Two, it's up there. It's so good. The accuracy is phenomenal, and it, it was as close to the top corner. It was a free kick that didn't just fly into the top corner. It, it, there was that much curl on it that it went miles wide and bent back in. It was. It's just so nice to see. Um, but yeah, look, they've. Uh, They've gone one. Uh, sorry, they've they've actually gone one nil down. Have MK Dons a Nolan goal for Accrington early on in them back, but yeah, no. Once Jack Payne hit that goal, they then ended up getting the uh, the winner in the ninety third minute, which I believe was Joe Tomlinson. Was it Joe Tomlinson? It is Joe Tomlinson. Swindon fans will know who Joe Tomlinson is and all about him. I think they've been linked with him as a permanent every transfer window since twenty twenty, but. Yeah, never, never signed him on a perm. I believe when they had him on loan last time, he actually was injured. I don't think he got. He managed to play many games. I don't think he played more than ten games for them in the second half of last season on loan. So he's managed to put his injuries behind him. And for a defender, twenty-five games and six goals he scored this season for MK Dons. Six goals and five assists. He's actually taken that Romeo Hutton mantle from last season of being that that defender who puts goals on a plate for people. Um, but he's also chipping in with goals of his own, and that's that's everything you could want. So Mike Williamson's got them playing some fantastic football, and again, I'm not I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. But look, weirder things have happened. Weirder things have happened. I mentioned earlier about Jed Garner. Spoke about him going on loan from Barrow um, down to Morecambe. Scored again. Scored the winner for Markham yesterday. Is it yesterday? What day is it? I don't know what day it is you're listening to, but for me it's Monday. So two days ago he scored the winner for Markham, which is his third in four games since moving there. Um, yeah, look, I like Jed. He, he's a he's a confidence player. Something about him didn't seem to click with Pete Wilde or with the club with Barrow because he he wasn't. I don't want to say he wasn't given the opportunities because I don't believe that's the case at all, but he didn't take the opportunities that he was given. 
Um, and if he's capable of putting on performances like he seems to be doing at Morecambe, it does make you question why he wasn't doing that at Barrow. Um, again, that's not a knock. I don't feel like he was like a bad egg or anything like that. You know, we, we were fortunate enough to be at Barrow's training a few months ago and he was there, um, one of the bigger characters, I would say. And, you know, everyone seemed to, to like him. Everyone seemed to be very, very friendly with each other. And, uh, yes, I don't feel like feel like there was a – is it a bad – yeah, I don't feel like he was a bad egg. I feel like he uh, he's, a, he's a young lad who's just looking to – find this place and maybe maybe that's not at Barrow maybe that is at Morecambe um who knows we'll see if it we'll see if it pans out that way over the the coming weeks but it's got to be frustrating for his parent club to see him going and doing well elsewhere when I believe he may be their record signing when they brought him in I think that Barrow may have broken their record to bring him in which you know that's that's always frustrating when you you, you don't see somebody perform the way that you were, uh, the way that you feel that they should have done. So yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm right on that. I, I do think that he is their their record signing from Fleetwood. Yeah, he's, he's never really hit the ground running with Barrow. Um, never managed to, to to get a consistent run of games going either. But look for Morecambe. This is a great result for them. Their former manager, who actually only left them, I think three months ago, went to Ross County up in Scotland. Has already left Ross County. Will Derek Adams come back for a third time to Morecambe? Surely not. Like you would expect him not to be able to come back now because he's left them in the shit twice. And I know that people make excuses for him a lot and say that the owners are this and the owners are that. But it, you know, he left you the day after the playoffs. The day after the playoff final, he walked out and walked straight into the Bradford job. And then he came back and then he walked straight out into the Ross County job. You know, he, he he's it's not even that he's walking away and going, I can't do this. He's waiting for an opportunity to come up. And as soon as an opportunity comes up, his head's turned and he's gone. So I don't believe he can. I think he's probably burnt that bridge a little bit too much now, but who knows? Who knows in this stupid messed up league, what could actually happen? Because he could end up coming back, couldn't he? Let's be brutally honest. So, yeah, no, Markham moving up to 12th place. Sutton, very, very, very rough for them. Very rough. Um, this season's not gone how they wanted it to. Last season, first in the EFL, was phenomenal. This season's been terrible, and it seems to be getting worse for them. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
But a team that were in shit form and a team that were struggling and were therefore forced to make a change in manager is Salford. And Salford travelled to Swindon over the weekend. The return of Harry McCurdy to the county ground came off the bench in a triple substitution. You heard the fans chanting his name like he's needed that. He has needed that for a long, long time to get his confidence back. He's, he's another confidence player. And yeah, I, I think that McCurdy will come good for, for Swindon this second half of the season. I, I feel like you, you've both just got to enjoy seeing Harry McCurdy doing Harry McCurdy things. He uh, apparently pinged one just over the bar, tried to take a couple of shots from far out, which is, again, it shows his confidence because it takes a hell of a lot of nerves to, to do that because you'll be laughed at if it goes wrong. So, no, fair play to Harry, but the game finished one all. Salford rescuing it at the very, very end. And I, I want to talk about the uh, the Salford goal, which was uh, a, a Callum Hendry goal. Now, it's not just the goal itself that really impressed me. It's the build-up to it because he showed. I don't know if you ever saw, and this isn't League Two, but there's a there's a clip that always gets shared of Man United where somebody plays a through ball to Cristiano Ronaldo and he just stops because he, he's, he's like, oh, it's, there's too much power on it. And then Cavani runs from sort of the edge of the area down towards the corner flag and keeps it in. And it's like, that determination, that drive to win the ball back and to, to be able to to create something. Hendry kind of did that in a sense of the Swindon defender had the ball on the byline. Hendry just wrapped his foot around it, managed to get it played out to the left-hand side. Ball comes back in, just sits for him perfectly and he, he places it past the keeper, which, you know, a couple of months ago, Salford would have gone 1-0 down there and that would have been it. You you would have known that that was going to be the the final score, if not more. Um, the heads would have dropped and they're not doing that anymore. And that's that's a credit to Carl Robinson, who I think has... Look, I make no excuses when I say that I said I wasn't a fan of him when he first came in. It wasn't me saying, I think he's a bad manager. It was me saying, I don't know enough about him to, to say whether he's good or bad. I wasn't a fan because I didn't know anything of him. And six games unbeaten now since coming in. I've witnessed his team play. I think he's the perfect match for what they've got. And I think the one, the most important part about this is that there are a hell of a lot of key players in that squad out of contract over the summer. A hell of a lot of them. He's the key for them staying. And I feel like two months ago, I could have written down the names that would have gone in the summer and I'd have been so confident in what I was saying. Whereas now, I feel like there'll be players there going, hang on a second, we're building something here. We can really push on. So hopefully he does. Um, George McEachern got the goal for Swindon, which is always nice to see because he's not been in the greatest form either. And, you know, he came in. Fans were delighted when he first signed for the club. We were, you know, we're told he was, the, you know, the, the second coming, and then it kind of just dropped off for him a little bit. So to see him get a goal, get on the score sheets, yeah, it's always nice to see. So, yeah, one all as far as the uh, the league positions are concerned. Look, Swindon fans, it ain't good looking for you, regardless. You sat seventeenth in the league. Um, 
there still needs to be major questions asked over what's going on off the field. And I know that you will ask those questions, so I don't really need to say it, but for anyone who doesn't know what's going on at Swindon, give the hashtag STFC a look over and and you'll you'll find it. Um, Salford move up to 19th place, 13 places clear now of relegation, which you'd hope would be enough for them. Um, someone actually said to me yesterday, who do I believe outside of the playoffs is the most capable or would be the surprise package and would make could make the playoffs. And I've said Salford, and I stand by that. I I don't see why not. 12, 12 points off of the, the playoff spots at this stage. It's stranger things have happened. We saw Bristol City the other season. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We saw Bristol Rovers the other season. Um they were down right by the relegation spots and they ended up getting that third place finish. So yeah, we've seen, we have seen stranger things happen. Speaking of things that aren't strange though, Walsall got smashed by Newport. Newport's run and Newport's form has surprised everybody, including Newport. You know, we have Kieran who works with us, who's a Newport fan. He said himself, like, he's just enjoying it. As far as he's concerned, anything above 23rd this season is a success. Which, consider, considering what they've done this last few games, and they are, I think they're 24 points clear of 23rd at this point or something like that. That's still his aim. Anything above 23rd is good enough. But that's insane that you've gone on such a good run you know they had the cup run they've they've been smashing teams left right and center and when i say smashing teams, they have been putting in some big results and they are capable of scoring goals and keeping clean sheets also um yeah i don't really know what to what to make a newport this season because i didn't rate them coming into it walsall however Walsall fans have gone very, very quiet down there in Birmingham. <laughs> um, over the summer, every single time they made a signing, because I, I was asked before, there's two clubs that I was asked about before transfer window even opened in the summer, and that was Mansfield and, and Walsall. And I was asked, where do I think those teams will finish this season? Now, it's obviously difficult because they've not made any signings. The window wasn't open. And I said, I didn't feel like any would do either of them would do too well because of the squads that they had at that point, but things can change. Walsall fans never let that go. And every signing they made, they were tagging me and going, what about now? Do you still think we're down there now? Do you still think we're going to struggle now? I think we're going to be this. I think we're going to be that. I had one that still, well, say still, he was hammering me saying that they were going to finish top three. no, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's it's a poor, poor season for Walsall. It really is currently sat 16th place in the league. Yeah, they've got a couple of games in hand, but they made the wrong appointment in manager. They made the wrong appointment. Them and Tranmere both made bad managerial appointments. Tranmere have tried to fix theirs and have then turned turned around their form. I say turned around their form. They, they, you know, they're still very hit and miss, but they've turned around what was looking like relegation. Um, Walsall have stood by Sadler, who I, I, I don't think is, is good enough and I don't think is the man for them and I don't think ever will be. I feel like if, if, if I'm a Walsall fan, 
you have to ask yourself the question right now, is Sadler capable of getting you where you believe you should be? And if the answer is no, then why stick and persist? Because all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Um, probably makes absolutely no sense to anybody else, but to me, it makes sense. So yeah, no, Walsall ended up getting smashed 3-0, Newport match on. Walsall also down to 10 men in that game, which, you know, disciplinary issues are slipping in there also. Who's next? <laughs> Who's next indeed? Wrexham. Listen, going into this season, there were two games that I just didn't really feel like I would enjoy, and that was Wrexham home and Wrexham away because you just expect the fanfare, and you know that if you lose, it's going to be put out for everyone to see. And I wasn't particularly looking forward to playing Wrexham this season, but in three games that we've played them, including the Cup, Wrexham have failed to beat us. Um, so I'm delighted. It was 1-0 to Bradford on Saturday. There's a little bit of arguments and a bit of back and forth between the fans of either club. Wrexham feel that the, man, the, the the referee was biased towards us. I feel like it was the other way around. I feel like the first half especially, the referee gave pretty much everything Wrexham's way. There is one particular talking point in the first half, which is Paul Mullin going down. Shock horror, I know, guys. I know that you didn't expect to hear the news that Paul Mullin had actually, you know, gone down under pretty much next to no contact. But Wrexham fans believe that they should have had a penalty. It wasn't even in the box. Um, and this is where, for me, it catches up with Paul Mullin. Because when you've dived, and he has dived, I don't care what anybody says, we all know it. Paul Mullin has thrown himself about so much this season. He has hit the deck on so many football pitches across this league this season with no reasons whatsoever. This has caught up on him because the referees now are looking and going, we know you dive. You're not having a penalty or you're not having a free kick. We're not even going to blow for it because you just can't trust that he's actually gone down legitimately. Um, I'll be brutally honest. Bradford did that on Saturday. There were times where Bradford players went down, you know, head, held the heads. They went down holding a leg or they went down looking like they'd been smacked in the back of the leg and then all of a sudden they'd hold the head and it would halt the game. But that's just beating them at their own game because that's what they've been very, very good at. And, you know, you've got Paul Mullin who, again, pre-season, I was told Paul Mullin is a top-end League One, bottom-end championship striker. He's barely surviving as a League Two striker this season. Like he's he's scoring some goals, but he's not he's nowhere near where he needs to be. Um and he's nowhere near where you guys need him to be to get yourselves out of this league. That's just my opinion on it. We'll see what happens. We'll see if he he does pick up some form. But you know, this is showing that there is a major step up between the National League and, and League Two. Maybe we maybe bigger than even we thought. Um and I think a lot of that comes down to well, a few reasons really. I know that there are pretty much everybody in the National League is full-time now, but there are still a couple that are part-time down there. So, you know, you would consider those, I don't want to say easy wins, but you would expect to beat those when you're a team like Wrexham in the National League. But coming into League Two, you're not just playing 
23 full-time teams. You're playing 23 full-time teams with full scouting systems that are out watching you every single game and they're able to put together reports that are based on your previous games, your most recent stuff, and they can build upon that. The other thing is that Phil Parkinson, and it's going to be a talking point of this game and the next game that we cover, is managers being found out. Phil Parkinson plays a certain way and he's played that way for years and it's effective when it works. If you are happy to get out of this league with whatever style of football is in front of you, then Phil Parkinson will get you out of this league. It will not be exciting football. The issue is that if you go to Wrexham with a high press, they crumble. They can't cope with a high press coming against them because that's not how they're set up to play. A lot of teams haven't picked up on that and a lot of teams haven't really capitalised on that as much at at the race course. So what I will say is that this is the second time since, this is only the first time since opening day that Wrexham have lost at home. And I read last night that it's actually the Bradford are the first team in 27 months to come away from the race course with a clean sheet, which is a phenomenal stat. Um, I feel like from a Bradford perspective, Andy Cook missed a penalty in the 82nd minute. But at that point, it kind of spurred him on. And and I'm going to be honest, I feel like if Andy Cook goes on tomorrow to score, or goes on tomorrow to have a great game against MK Dons, I feel like missing that penalty is probably a really, really good thing because it's it, it kind of switched him. You could see it, it changed in play almost instantly. He became really, really hungry once that penalty was missed. And Again, Wrexham fans are complaining that there's a foul in the build-up. I don't believe it's a foul. I believe that both Lee and McDonald are leaning into each other. Um, Lee just forgets to move with the ball and it ends up being free to his left-hand side. He's nowhere near it and McDonald swings his leg, plays it through to Cook um, and then both fall to the floor. McDonald had his hand on Lee. Lee had his arm wrapped around McDonald. It's 50-50. And it, it, it really is 50-50. And I'm saying that from an impartial view as well. Because if I wasn't being impartial, I would say that if anything, Lee fouled McDonald. But no, it's 50-50. The ball comes to Cook. He turns it, a little flick on the edge of the area, and he just sends three defenders for milk. They're, they're down at the shops. They ain't getting nowhere near. Shoots, a conqueror pulls off a great save from point-blank range. But it kind of rebounds into the air. And look, when Andy Cook gets it on his head from six yards out, nine times out of 10, it's only going one place. So 1-0 to Bradford. We then saw five different celebrations at the same time. We had a knee slide. We had an ear cup. We had a squaring up to the uh, away fan, sorry, the home fans. We had a turning and pointing to the name on the back of the shirt. And then we had climbing on the railings and putting your arms out like Christ the Redeemer in front of the Bradford fans. It was great. And that was the 89th minute and I think 52nd second. 52nd second. Oh, that's not a nice way of speaking, is it? 52 seconds into the 89th minute. Um, Yeah, 1-0 to, to Bradford. And look, the the I've shared the tweets out of the reaction of the Bradford fans, the goal cams, things like that. It's just after the season that we've had, it's nice to see. It's really, really nice to see. Hopefully, a sign of things to come going forward. Now, 
I realise now, and the thing is, anybody who's listening to this will have already heard the ad break just randomly slotted in somewhere. I realise I've not left place for it. So, this is going to be a weird thing, because now you're listening to me saying this and you've already heard it. But from my perspective, it didn't happen. So I hope whatever time that ad break was, you enjoyed it. Um, not sure what it was that we had actual adverts for, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. The final game was on Friday night when Gillingham travelled up to Notts County. And this was a huge result for Gillingham. 3-1 away at Notts County, another team that a lot of people kind of had up there in their predictions this season. From a Gillingham perspective, to be smashing in three goals away from home is is a sign of how far they've come. Um, we all remember last season Gillingham being one of the lowest scorers in the league. They were they were scoring one goal in most games, and that was it. Um, you knew that if you scored against Gillingham last season, the worst case scenario was going to be a draw. Um, you knew that if you scored more than once against Gillingham, that the, 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 you were pretty much guaranteed a win. Gillingham are absolutely flying with those sorts of things now. And it's, again, it's good to see because those fans have been through a hell of a lot. Not so 1 0 up. Uh, Crowley had put them 1 0 up. But yeah, no, from then they just kind of fell apart. What what I will say is that, and I saw some Knots fans mourning about the, uh, the manager, mourning about how they're playing, about how it's not working, and this, that, and the other. And uh, look, I. I agree to an extent it isn't working, but I don't believe that the issues are on Maynard. I just don't believe the issues are on Maynard at all. Just Stuart Maynard is not to blame for this. I said a few months ago when Luke Williams was linked with the, who I can't remember who, I think it was the Oxford job. It was the Oxford job the first time. I feel like Luke Williams was found out at an EFL level very, very fast this season. And he jumped ship before the rot set in. But that rot was definitely there. The form wasn't good before Luke Williams left Notts County. So this these issues aren't anything to do with, with, with Stuart Maynard. These are these are issues that have been coming for a long, long, long time. And and like I say, I don't believe that I don't believe that the uh the issues at anyone other than Lou Williams. I, I think that he jumped ship knowing full well that he'd he'd ballsed up. His style wasn't working anymore and he'd been found out. There's going to be some Knots fans that do come at me on that and I, I appreciate it. They won't like what's being said, but it's the truth. I still believe that that, that Maynard is, is a great manager for you but it's going to take a little bit of time to fix the problems that were left behind by the previous manager. Um, yeah, you know, you look at since he went to Swansea, four losses and one win. It's not great form. Um, yeah, no, for me, Luke Williams has to take blame for what's going on at, at Notts County right now. And if, you know, if, if, if Notts County fans look at this or look at this season and believe that if Luke Williams had stayed, then they would still be up there or they would be in a position to challenge. Then again, that's on Luke Williams. No one forced him to leave. They currently sat 10th. Um, I believe at one stage they were sat third. 
and they, and they looked very, very strong earlier in the season. You know, when we went there and we were 4-0 down at half time, they looked great. But then the wheels started to come off and you could see the issues and you could see the cracks. And I, I still think that Luke Williams has to take a hell of a lot of blame for what's gone wrong at, at, at Notts County this season. I do. So, guys, that's the end of the reviews. But, so what I've realized is we actually have a full program tomorrow night and the preview pro- preview podcasts don't record until after. So should we just take a little look at what's happening in these midweek games? So we have AFC Wimbledon traveling to Accrington. I'm not going to give you score predictions. I'm just going to give a team that I think is going to win or a draw. I'll tell you. So AFC Wimbledon traveling to Accrington. I'm going to go with an AFC Wimbledon win. We have Forest Green traveling to Barrow. Barrow win. Barrow bounce back. Pete Wilde doing Pete Wilde things. Barrow have got to bounce back against Forest Green. They, they just have to. They really, really have to. Um, Bradford City hosting MK Dons. I've gone for a draw in this one. I think I actually said it on the uh, on the MK Dons podcast earlier that I, I believe it'll be one all. Um, I think MK go one nil up under Jack Payne, and I believe that Cook will restore that that uh, level, and it'll finish one all. I think Colchester are going to pile more misery onto Grimsby, which will be real misery for Grimsby because they are down there with Colchester. And this this is, I mean, being brutally honest, if, if we look at League Two right now and we look at the bottom end of the table, we've got 20th, 21st and 22nd. We have Doncaster, Grimsby and Colchester. Grimsby have, Don, uh, Grimsby have Colchester tomorrow and Doncaster on Saturday. They have two six-pointers in a row. They have to win both. And if I'm if I'm David Artell, I'm I'm going out there to attack. And that's all I'm giving a shit about this week is attack, attack, attack. If you go and we've we we said this, we'll talk about this from a from a Bradford perspective. You know, I can only speak from that. But as far as I'm concerned, it should be the same at any club. You'll never, ever, ever be booed off, be abused if you just try. That's all football fans really want to see. They want to see 100%. And if you go to these two next two games, Grimsby, if you go to Doncaster, if you go to play Doncaster, you go to play Colchester and you just give 100%, leave nothing in the dressing room, leave it all out on the pitch, then fair play. If you end up losing, people will obviously be annoyed, but they can't really argue if they've seen that you've given everything. Um. Walsall travel to Crawley. I, I can't predict this game, if I'm honest with you, because neither team are in great form. Crawley are probably the better of the two at this point. In fact, Crawley definitely are the better of the two right now. So let's go with a let's go with a Crawley win on that. Swindon travel to Gillingham. That's a horrible, horrible trip, by the way. That's awful. Um, I'm going to go with a Gillingham win there. I'm going to say comfortable. Gillingham win before we have Mansfield and Harrogate which I think if I remember reading correctly this season's the first time that Mansfield have beaten Harrogate and they've never beaten Harrogate at home so Harrogate are kind of a bogey team for Mansfield 
couple that with the form that they're in, I'm going to go with a Harrogate win. Imagine the meltdown if Harrogate beat Mansfield. It'd be funny. Um, Newport at home to Notts County. Again, Newport's form, you've got to back them. A comfortable win for Newport. It's got to be. Doncaster and Salford. I'm going to go with a Salford win. Salford are in great form. Um, Doncaster obviously picked up that win over the weekend, but again, papering over cracks. They've they've got to go to a Salford team with a Matt Smith, who's you know one of the top scorers in the league, who loves to score against Doncaster. I think he scored a, I think he scored possibly a hat trick against them earlier in the season. Um, I think that's kind of a pinpoint game for a lot of Doncaster fans as to where their season really derailed was was Salford at home. So I'm going to go with a Salford win. Stockport and Crew. This is going to be a great game, by the way. That's at Stockport. I think that this could be the game of the week, game of the midweek games. Anyway, um, I'm going to go with a high-scoring draw in this because Crew are that team that will turn up. Like, there's no doubt about it; they'll turn up, and it'll be really, really interesting to see how Stockport handle that. We then have Wrexham looking to bounce back with a trip to Sutton. You've got to feel that there's no better game, apart from maybe Forest Green, there's no better game for Wrexham to, to to have in front of them to try and bounce back from. But Wrexham have lost, I think, is it four on the bounce now that Wrexham have lost? It could be four, is it? No, it's three on the bounce, including Bradford. Um, they're not in great form. They're really not in great form. So let's, let's see what happens. But no, I've got to back Wrexham. I think that Wrexham will bounce back. They just have to. They're coming up against the team that are, even form-wise, worse than them. And then you have Morecambe travelling to Tranmere, and another game which is very, very hard to call. Um, if Tranmere had beaten Donny over the weekend, I think it would have been fairly easy to do, but no, it's 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 difficult. Um, I'm going to go with a draw in that one. So, yeah, that's kind of where, what I wanted to do tonight, guys. I know that I'm on my own. It's a little bit different, but if you're still here, thank you for persisting. Thank you for sticking around. Normality will resume very, very soon. Um, we've got a busy week this week. Obviously, we had the 6.06 last night. We've got recordings tonight. Games tomorrow, 6.06 Wednesday. Breakdown Thursday. A night off on Friday. And then games again on Saturday and back to 6.06. So, yeah, very, very busy at the minute. And um, we're just trying to find time to, you know, scratch his asses. never mind, put plans in place to move forward. Other than that, guys, thank you very much. Do tune into the preview show later this week. Um, that'll be with Charlie and Matt. And also, if you're just generally interested in football podcasts, we have the league one. We have the, the National League podcasts going out also. We'll see you on Thursday for the breakdown. Um, sorry, no, we won't. We'll see you Wednesday for the 6 or 6. But anybody who watches just exclusively on YouTube, we'll see you on Thursday for the breakdown. Other than that, thank you very much, guys. Give us a follow on all your socials. It's the lower league look, if that's what we're still doing. It's the lower league look. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.